Well, it is October the 6th, 2019, and I'm Bob Johnson, and this is another edition of Conversations at the Corner, podcast of Cornerstone Baptist Church, and today I have the privilege of talking with one of our members, Andrea Taft. Andrea, welcome. Hello. Yeah. Andrea, um, let's start with how did you come to faith in Christ? A uh, lady across the street took me to church when I was very itty-bitty, um, random, other people down the street, friends, family, uh, or friends of the family would take me to church. Um, I I got the gospel when I was really small, and I believe that I had the Holy Spirit guiding me when I was a kid through a lot. I guess that's that's the there story. There you go. All right, all right. So, how long have you been a member of Cornerstone? Uh, at least ten years. Yeah, and I know you're involved in counseling ministry and things like that. So, and uh, Lord's given you some good good friendships here as well. But what I wanted to ask you about is back in August when we were going through the Galatians series, you sent me an email that kind of surprised me and told me of some things that you had experienced that I think in college that really resonated with what Paul's message and his warnings to the people in Galatia were about and that you had experienced just with a group of people that you thought initially they were Christians and you begin to find out it's 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 like it was like a cult and it, it was it was pretty traumatic. So can you tell us a little bit of, about that? So I uh, grew up going, bouncing around to various churches, various denominations. Uh, when I went to college, I knew I really wanted to get locked in with good teaching to learn all the things that I kind of missed along the way, bouncing around as a kid. Um, so... Welcome week at college, there was a cute couple with cute homeschool kids uh, advertising a non-denominational Bible study at their home and free pizza, and they seemed like wonderful, godly people. So and I, free pizza is always good. Free pizza, you know, yeah, they know, how to, they know how yep. to target college kids, yep. exactly. Uh, so I went, and they gave me a... Bible translation called the Recovery Bible that they like, and they didn't tell me that it was anything other, anything strange, nothing different than, say, the ESV Study Bible or the John MacArthur Study Bible. It was full of their own footnotes um, that I didn't necessarily realize was odd because... At that point, I went in really not knowing that there were people who called themselves Christians that taught unbiblical things. But at this point, no red flags. Everything no. seems to be people that are just caring for college students, want them to help follow Jesus. And so you're, you're drawn into this. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and what are some of the things that, that you experienced in that? So I didn't know that they were a part of a denomination because they advertised as non-denominational. So, so it wasn't just a local 
um, situ it was it was a group that was actually part of something bigger than that. Yeah. Okay. So I found out later on that they were part of it's called the Lord's Recovery or local church. Um, they also use living the name Living Streams Ministry for various things, and they're very strategic about being deceptive about their name, uh, their their beliefs. They um, they advertise as being very orthodox, um, but they're vague with that. And then after it takes time to unpeel that they actually have severely unorthodox teaching and that they are actually categorized as a cult by Harvest House's Encyclopedia of Cults and Other Religions. Wow. So you're meeting like on a regular basis, weekly basis? Weekly basis. Weekly basis. Yep. Okay. And at what point did you begin to think, eh, something is a little off with this? It was really when I felt like they were subtly getting me to depend more on them than on God. Like the the big thing was while I'm a self-focused 20-year-old trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life, they told me that God doesn't care about your choices in life as long as what you're choosing is biblical. So God wouldn't care if I became a doctor or whatnot as long as I was following the Bible, which made me feel extremely scared, alone, without a rudder. Um, but they were there to comfort me and to help me and let me stay at their house so that I was definitely losing dependence on God for guidance. So you found in this a whole system where the more you uncovered, the more you became fearful of what was going on. What were some of the deceptive words that they used? I mean, because it sounds like, and this is typical for a lot of cults, is that they use the same words, they just have different definitions of them. What were some of those that you found? So things like the Trinity. On their website, they advertise that they have an orthodox view of the Trinity, and then when you dig deeper, it's actually a modal version, a modal view, but they deny that they're modal, but their explanation is modal. Crazy things like uh, members of the local church are, church are mingled with God and become God men. When your only local church members are saved, um, the rest of us people who think we're Christians are not covered by that grace. Um, and then once you're into uh, the millennial kingdom, they have an inner circle of the best of the best local church members who get to reign with Jesus, and the lesser local church members are on the outside, just they're saved, but they're not. As so you good. have this whole system where it's definitely based upon how you perform, the level of control that they can have over you, uh, how, how loyal you are to them. It sounds like, and maybe you can describe, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of fear yeah. in that kind of atmosphere. Yes, and uh, that's what I've gotten from people who were deeper in the church 
Like, I only was kind of on the periphery. I got out before I got immersed in the actual church. But the kids who grew up in the church grew up in immense fear. So what were some of the red flags that you started to notice and you actually started realizing uh, something is not right here? Well, the, the big one was that they were trying to tell me that God didn't care and that they were the ones supporting me. And then also um, I went on a retreat and there was a guy that was talking about how you need to give all your extra money to the church or else a divine calamity would occur that would take all your money away. Wow. Those were the ones I started having massive, massive panic attacks and I could feel the Holy Spirit at that retreat. Like I was, I was vomiting. I was so panicked and I could tell that the Holy Spirit was like making me vomit to get me out of that situation, telling me you need to run. And yet trying to run probably brought a lot of fear. I was more scared to go back, but I did suffer some repercussions for, uh, cutting ties without explanation. I started getting nasty voicemails from the cute mother of the family um, telling me I would be judged for how I treated them um, when all I did was leave. Were there residual effects just that you experienced even in, in, in the weeks, months since, since leaving that? Massive panic attacks as I was trying to sort out truth. Yeah, trying to sort through the Bible, sorting out what was true about God's love, how much he actually cares about what I do, and shifting to dependence on him instead of people. But then I did find another church really quickly through friends that were more supportive. So there was still... I wasn't completely cut off from the body of Christ. I was supported by the body of Christ as extending mm. from God rather than as my soul support. So what is the difference between a healthy church and, and looking back on what you experienced in that? The one thing I really don't want to forget to mention is their uh, doctrine of cover the brothers they, and they'll probably deny that it exists, but they cover up sin to outsiders, probably cover up criminal activity as a way to love on the brothers, but they're essentially ignoring the harm that was done to the victims mm. of the sin, the kids that were abused and whatnot. Um, and they'll, I'm sure that they will, this is all... Um, Things I've unofficially heard people say, so they would, I'm sure, um, deny any of that. Healthy Church, being able to ask questions, wanting to really explore things, being able to look at other translations, other teachers, um, to really sort out, dialogue through the big meaty stuff, as opposed to only going to one teacher with special revelation um, who is the only person who really gets it and they're the only person that you can learn from. Their uh, original leader was Watchman Nee who supposedly had divine revelation that for centuries 
Christians had been doing it wrong and God showed him how to do Christianity right. So yeah, having having one person who has all the answers versus being able to talk it out in church. Um, you know, all of these things that you mentioned, Andrea, it, it, it really is a reminder to me of what Paul said to the Ephesian believers, that God has given to the church leadership for the purpose of training the people to do the work of the ministry. And it's not the job of the leadership to do all of the thinking and to do everything, and that everybody is supposed to be just a little puppet that follows. But that in a healthy church, it's the congregation who are being equipped, and the congregation has got to have the freedom to be able to ask questions without fear of being punished, without fear of being marginalized or being made fun of or um, made to act like a second-rate person if they're, if they're trying to work through, through, through something. So, I mean, do you have any encouragement or, you know, for, for our members in terms of how to pursue that kind of a church? I mean, what, what can we do to just put ourselves in a position as, as members. I might, be, I might be asking this question very well because I wouldn't even know how to answer well, that. But. One thing that I really want to point out is that when, when I walked into Cornerstone the very first day, it was very evident that the members were expected to know the Bible themselves, know it well, and understand it as opposed to just sit and listen. Day one. <laughs> that was obvious. Um, sorry, what was the question? No, that was good. But okay, so <laughs> how can how can we think about our leaders without entrusting all of our thinking to them? I mean, I think that there's counsel in Scripture to respect your leaders, but at the same time, it's the job of the leaders to teach you how to think and take responsibility for matters as well. So what is a healthy way for a member to navigate their relationship, their view of leadership in the church? So it's really, I mean, knowing the Bible, knowing correct theology, looking at, is it Titus, where Timothy or Titus, where he's teaching about leaders? Yeah. Yep. One of those um both actually you're right yeah okay looking at them through the lens of first john where it's talking about how to recognize good versus bad teaching um, well there sure is a lot in the epistles about false teachers and knowing that they are going to arise and even what paul says we'll get to this in a few weeks in acts chapter 20 and he's talk to the Ephesian believers about even from within you, you're going to have some false teachers that arise. Um, and I think probably some of the things that you experience is when you have leaders that make it about themselves instead of about the gospel, instead of about Christ. And Oh, and addressing sin correctly. Correct discipline, like within leaders, the church itself, Forgiveness versus covering the brothers. Yeah. Um, so in other words, nobody is beyond the scripture. Nobody right. is above the word. At, right. We are all under the same authority right. of scripture. Well, it's been a few years since 
all of that in in your life um has it jaded you or has it uh, is given you um more compassion how how do you think back on those days so i recovered pretty fast because i found another church right away because i was able to sort through a lot of the issues um yes i have immense comp- compassion for people who get sucked into false teaching because I know their methods. I know how deceptive they are. Um, I know how they love bomb people into making you think you're in a great place. Um, and I cannot imagine how difficult it would be for someone who goes in without already being a believer, without already having the Holy Spirit, not knowing what's in the Bible and having this be the only thing they're taught. Yeah. Well, I am grateful that the Lord has brought you through this and that you are in a, a setting where you feel free to be able to serve. And we love the fact that you are here and serving so faithfully. And uh, may the Lord continue to bless our church through you, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you.